0: Hi and, Hi and welcome. The facts and blog and podcast. Hi and welcome to episode 62 of the Faxon blog and podcast our annual year in review episode and with me is our president and co-founder Bob Faxon Bob thank you for making some time for us I'm excited to be here and glad to do it All right very good well it's been a, a crazy year it seems like you know this is our first full year in the new facility mm-hmm. you know last last year at the at the year in episode we were just talking about the expansion that we put on and and things like that and trying to get things moved into it but uh you know the today's episode we just kind of want to talk about where we are maybe some things that are on the horizon talk about the new products that came out this year uh some of the reception to it and also uh very poetic for us we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary as a brand so i mean what let's let's start there bob go back 10 plus years when you were planning this thing i mean is this your dream? Is this is this meeting? It is this what you you thought of when you first went out to shot show? You know, you know it's funny. I think when
1: you start something and you're an entrepreneur at heart, yeah, the first thing you do is you're going to break the world in half and put a foot on each side because you're going to change everything. So the, the goals are a bit lofty when you start. But when you look at it in the other perspective of the reality of trying to get a company to be successful over this many years and to, yeah. a, to achieve this level of quality and this level of products and 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 customer satisfaction, I think it's far exceeded because the reality of it is a little more dim than the uh, optimistic entrepreneurial spirit of it. So I think you look at business startups in two ways. We've done a few and uh, some good, not some some not so good. We, <laughs> my my folder HR folder is about that thick, yeah, and not yeah. all of it's good, but. Um, now, I think when you started out, you have an ideal vision of what you want the company to be. And I've said it before on the podcast, was two things I really prayed for. One was that things that we made would be safe for the people that use it. And we take that very seriously, of course. And the second would be that it means a fellowship. So the fellowship of firearms kind of sprung from that. And I would say that probably the biggest success of Facts and Firearms since we started this, in my eyes, in my experience, has been the second mm-hmm. it's the fellowship aspect. And I, I can tell you, There has been so many instances where this company has allowed interaction of people in in, in the true meaning of fellowship of firearms, whether it be military, retired military, active. And and it could be uh, one, one child wanted guns to shoot pill bottles after beating cancer. So an event was done for that. So a lot of the things that we've gone and done really aren't on a business ledger. Yeah, and, and I think probably the biggest successes the company has had and and the things that I'm happiest or most proud about, they're not on a balance sheet. They're yeah. absolutely not on a balance sheet. So I would say the fellowship aspect has exceeded any expectation I've ever had. I, I kind of figured, honestly, with, with a firearms company that traveling or wearing logos and airports might come into a somewhat uncomfortable conversation with people here or there. That there will be some uh, some headwind or some negativity related to firearms that you'd have to deal with by by being associated and owning a company or being a partner in a company. And I can tell you the exact opposite occurred. Yeah. The exact opposite. And I I cannot tell you how many times I was on an airplane or anywhere. Yeah. And people would say something about firearms, whether it's their firearms, other firearms, talking about firearms. Even our church has outings where we do fellowship with firearms. There's so many things that have been positive. And I can tell you, I don't, I remember one conversation with a person up in the Northeast in an airport. It wasn't adversarial at all. It was a conversation. She had her opinion. She was in local politics. I was sitting there waiting for a plane. We had a conversation and we left and she said, you know, it's, it's a shame. We just didn't agree on things. Right. And I looked at her and I said, well, I, I don't know that we really disagreed. If you look at what we just talked about for an hour, yeah, we're predominantly on the same page. Right. And that was the biggest controversy I think I've been in. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking for one just just, <laughs> just for the record, but I'm not hiding from one either. The sure. conversations are productive and it's yeah. good for people to talk. But that's probably the most exciting thing. And when you see the facility here and and, and what it's turned into. Yeah, I'd say overall it's far exceeded. Far exceeded. Very, very blessed. Thank you, God.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and you know, I've only been part of it for, for a couple of years now, but to see it even from you know 2019 when i started to almost 2022 it's it's just been kind of a, an amazing evolution you know whether it be the facility or the staff or the machines we have on the floor the the products that we're offering um and some of the things that we have on the horizon you know we we have the benefit of sitting in some of those planning meetings and and hearing some of the ideas that uh you know the sales guys have and the engineers guys engineers have and the product guys have and uh, i think there's some exciting things coming but You know, this year we really made... Uh, a big push to expand our pistol line. And a lot of that came in the subcompact field. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of barrels uh, for uh, MP Shield and Shield Plus, 43 and 43X, 365 and 365XL. Um, and of course, we have a, a line of pistol comps that we're continuing to expand on too. But for those subcompact things, you know, anybody you talk to in these last two years, the number that keeps coming up is first time gun buyers mm-hmm. and people who are, you know, A lot of times that first firearm is a personal, uh, you know, pistol, whether it be for everyday carry, uh, concealed carry courses or just firearms training. And I think that that was a a you a good push for us and a a unique push for us and emily and i get to see a lot of the comments and feedback that we get on these things and just people loving that you know what we used to offer maybe for just g19 or p320 or whatever now they could do you know for their smaller concealed carry (laughs) uh guns yeah i'm I'm curious bob if if you kind of hear the same thing or or think the same thing when people kind of get into it they then go okay now i want to upgrade, or I want to personalize, or, you know, I really want to make this, this firearm my own. You know, I think that has a play in the subcompact market that, you know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, people weren't anticipating.
1: I think that has changed a lot. And I think it has grown statistically. It shows that. I th- think there's other things involved too. The AR-15 AR- used to be nicknamed the Barbie doll for boys. Because you could dress it up the way you want, you could change it the way you want, you could personalize and customize that rifle. And of course, that's been mature for many years. It evolves, sure. but it's it's fairly mature. And that that process started many, many years ago for home builds and, and doing things. The pistol conversion with concealed carry in the last few years with new gun owners, as you stated, I think that the the AR becomes somewhat somewhat saturated where people have two or three and and, and they want something else and the concealed carry their everyday or their home defense pistol can be a really, really uh, personal item, personal tool. So customizing that and personalizing that, yes, it's something that we need to do because, you know, in our business, you have to remember what we make are people's wants, not needs. Uh, Different firearms or different components can meet the need. What we try to do is design and provide products that people actually want. They desire to have that particular barrel or that particular rifle for some form, fit, function, or feature. And the proliferation over the last year, there's always a reason that we don't get as far as we want in say new product development. And the build, the business is built on innovation and creativity. That is really what has started the company with the ARAC. Mm -hmm. The innovation and creativity are still the driving elements, but when you are into a category of things like pistol barrels, the proliferation of existing platforms for accessories can take a lot of engineering. Yeah, And quite honestly, there's a draw for that because people have their pistols, they want their accessories, and we're trying to fit those needs as we can. We're always constrained through engineering capacity predominantly. And Mm -hmm. engineering and new product development is really the toughest thing to expand because of the talent that it takes. But the uh, expansion of capacity the expansion of products and platform support. That's really been more of a focus, I'd say really over the last couple of years. Yeah. Because as people like our barrels, whether mm-hmm. it be in an AR going to a pistol, or as you say, from one pistol platform going to another, it's it's as important for us to give the people the choice so they can buy that barrel for either pistol, not just one. Right. And they can buy that for either rifle, not just one. So there's a lot of current platform accessory or support proliferation that the engineering has been focused on over the last few years. And that's why our website has so many SKUs yeah. and uh, it takes a lot to produce and provide and inventory that many SKUs. But as a company, we've made that choice that we're not trying to just make more and more and more of five SKUs. Right. I, I think probably again, balance sheet, that might be the right choice. Yeah. On a balance sheet, you might want to focus on that, quite honestly. But I don't think that's the best service to the customer because the customers want to put our brand through more platforms right. or potentially use them in more places. So I, I don't think it's the fastest way to a balance sheet issue, but I think it is a good way to hopefully serve the customers, which is what we're here for. And we don't want to lose that fact. That being said, over the last couple of years, as we've done all those things with the pistols and all the variations of it, the uh, the rimfire, of course, came out this year. We'll mm-hmm. on that aggressively and everybody loves it. A 22, I mean, yeah. you grow up with them yeah. and it's just, they're always fun to shoot. So I think it's a great platform for us to focus on, but I would think that as we have covered more platforms in the last couple of years, uh, the positive note for this would be, yeah. I would look forward to more innovative and creative products. Yes. Not that we haven't done them. We, we have had some, but I think you'll see the bias swing back to new and exciting products. Yeah. And uh, innovation and creativity over mm, platform proliferation.
0: Right. No, I, I totally agree, and I think there's uh, for those of you who are able to make it out to Shot Show or keep on track with some of the media, we we will have a a couple of things that we're going to announce at Shot Show this January 2022 out in Las Vegas. Um, which and it pains me. I wish we could talk about more uh, <laughs> more of those things right now on the show, but uh, we we need a keep it, keep it tame, keep it, keep it calm a little bit. Uh, but, uh, rest no, I think re-
1: we should make all kinds of promises. Yeah, I think we should get some promises. overtime going. I yeah. think we should have the
0: engineering work. Like in we 30 so, we'll, hour call, days. we'll call Barry and Joey. We'll just tell yeah. them, Hey, uh, make sure you watch the podcast this you week. Lock these so doors because I'm going to make promises. a lot of promises here <laughs> for new products. And <laughs> yeah. then when, by the time they get into
1: this, to our, our safe room here yeah. until they get in here, we will have made all these promises. They'll have to fulfill. to do it. I like that business. And then maybe
0: you and I should probably go work from home for a week or two. Just, to keep the machetes.
1: What what did they say when they asked, how do you like it? And the
0: new land looked over the shoulders and the ships were burning. Exactly. How do you like it? (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what it would be. You know, one of the things, though, that I thought was uh, interesting for us, um, even on the content side of things for us, was when we launched pistol comps this year. And we have a few more models that are coming out that are in production right now. uh, But we launched the Exos line of pistol comps for uh, Glock, MMP and sig and uh, a very uh, a great design I think a wonderful um, kind of cost category where you get a, a quality compensator but it's not going to break the bank um, you know the guys in engineering spent the time not only is it functional but if you buy the it's it's not just a plain blocks comp block comp. You know, it's it's something that, hey, if you have a SIG P320, it's going to look right on that mm-hmm. 320 slide. But with the way that we did the porting and, and things like that, I was able to sit down with Aaron, our design engineer, and go over all the data, how we're reducing muzzle flip, showing how we compare to a, a bare muzzle or uh, uh, to other uh, competitor compensators on the market. And I think, you know, at that $85 price point to be reducing, you know, muzzle flip up by, up to 28% you know, is a pretty... Remarkable feat for a little eighty-five dollar part. Is
1: that one of the ninety-eight percent statistics that people make up, or is that a real one?
0: That's a real one. Is that a
1: real? Because we want to clarify, one. because you know, sixty-two percent of what people say, seventy-eight percent of the time, is fifty percent false.
0: Yeah, hundred. Uh, yeah. So I want to make sure if you hundred out if, of fifty people right. vote twice. That's yeah. right. So the,
1: these are true statistics. That's a These true are statistic. real numbers. Yeah. Right. So if
0: you go to facts firearms, I'm keeping him in check for that's you. Folks. Right. If you go to facts slash pistol comps, and you'll see a little pop up there that say that says, "How do pistol comps work?" yeah um and that also allowed me to use some of my favorite gifts of people with like the desert eagle and uh, they don't know how to grip it and it just comes back right smart. that's um, always a good one that's always a good one but uh, showing you how pistol comps work but yeah that was one of the measurements uh from bare muzzle uh to the exos five one three on a Glock nineteen up to twenty eight uh, percent muzzle flip yeah. reduction and so and on that side that was one of our most read articles this year uh because I think it is so interesting you think of just uh the the speed at which you shoot your pistol and all the little intricacies of of the gassing and the recoil and how these ports in the side direct that and help bring that muzzle flip down help with that felt recoil i think it's a it's an amazing thing and and we were able to send it out to some of our uh, uh, brand ambassadors early on and and knowing that they loved it was just you know so great and uh took off really well i think we sold out of the Glock ones in like yeah. a week you know yeah. so um th- that's been a fun thing and we have we have more of those uh, uh coming too but you know, i i was
1: teasing you a little bit about your statistics I but it is worth noting that yeah. you know these are always so serious that's why well,
0: let's we got to be funnier on these 28 things. definitely 28% def, def- De-
1: def- definitely def-
0: definitely 28%
1: but the reality of it is and and this is what's important when we do make things here there really always is and i've said this in every podcast we're after i don't care what color it is i don't care what fluting it is i don't care what coding it is every time we make a product the really core aspect is performance metrics and we look at it for a value proposition so although i'm teasing you about your specifications yeah. and percentages uh, I want everybody to know that I'm only teasing because we do take that very seriously. But that sounds boring and drab. It right? does. Uh, so, you know, we do yeah. all that and blah, blah. Yeah. But we do. We really do. And yeah. everything that we make is really meant so that it is a positive experience for the user.
0: Yeah, well, and I could have put it in a lighter tone, much like uh, one of our ambassadors, at Avery at Texas Totem. Uh, he He <laughs> posted a video of it and he goes, that boy shoot flat, flat. Which I can't pull off that, saying that, that. Should I move that, my hat? That, that boy, boy shoots shoot flat flat. 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 <laughs> that, I like which, it. One of my best, one of my favorite uh, reviews of a product so far. Yeah, um, you know,
1: and, and along that, I, I can't help but say this, but I love when we sit in our bubble, and we think, and we hypothesize, and we design, or we yeah. create, and even we test to the degrees that we can, and and to the levels that we can. The best, most the absolute feedback I love to hear is when that boy shoots flat flat. Yeah, because that's at the end of the day that's the only feedback, that's the only barometer that really rates your products, right? Right. It doesn't really matter what we think in this bubble and box. We try to incorporate, we use, we send them out, we had them tested, we had opinions, we did very careful design, we did a specific testing. We do all those blah, blah things. But at the end of the day, the consumer, you are ultimately... The judge that, right that is the final answer and that is what is right or wrong so it's good to hear that it shoots flat flat it does, because it that that's what we were all trying right. to design was it was on the thing
0: it said must shoot flat must flat. shoot flat flat. so now it's Prince back Matt exactly and you know but on that just like you said it's it's that fellowship piece and and I I know I've said it multiple times on the show this year but adding the rim fire line I think just really expands that yes it expands it in the pistol market too but uh, you know I I think you've told me before, like you'd you'd be hard pressed to find a guy who doesn't have a AR and a 1022, you know, in their gun safe. And yeah. I think that's been one of the one of the uh, great things that we've done this year. And plus, we added the receivers uh, later this year too. So we have our tapered barrels, we have the bowl barrels now, and then also uh, the receiver sets. And uh, And there's more to come there. Yeah, there's more to come there for sure.
1: But but that that whole thing, if you go back and you say, well, you know, are these guys just saying this is this is part of what this marketing spiel is or whatever? No, it's really not. Because when you go to that shooting experience, that that Mm fire, and when you're talking about kids and parents and first time guns and things like that, if you really want to build out that true firearms, the friendship of the.
0: (laughs) The the fire, fire fiery friendship of firearms, the
1: fellowship of firearms. Thank you. (laughs) Now I don't eat, sleep, breathe out every day. The fellowship of firearms. Sorry, Uh, I'm getting old. But the fellowship of firearms, the the point of that is, you know, when you can get into these different categories, you're going to get into potentially different groups of customers. You're talking about the youth shooters and the younger shooters and the fun shooters. And and there is nothing wrong with going out and having fun while you're shooting. And as long as you're doing things safely, it is meant to have fun. Yeah. And, and and I I love the twenty-two. I like the rim fires. I like a lot of things about it. So
0: I think that's something we'll continue to have effort in. There, yeah. There's real value in our core philosophy there. Yeah. Absolutely. And same thing, you know, some of the feedback we're getting. Some people are like, you know, that I have my 30-year-old 1022 that I was able to to upgrade. Yes. Yeah, same same deal. You had your you know, these these things that it especially if you like what we do for AR barrels. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting that same type of quality, that same type of engineering, but now you get to apply it to your 1022, much like people do when they find us for AR barrels and, and bring it into their pistol. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean the same, you know, the same orders of, of bar stock that we order in that they're getting machined here. They're getting rifled here. They're getting profiled here. I mean, all that same stuff you love about the AR barrels. You know, happens for the ten twenty two, and I think that the you know the receiver is just uh, definitely a nice add on to it, and uh, especially for a firearm that so many people start their firearms journey yeah. on. I think is is an important or thing. continue with you know yeah. for
1: training for fun for different purposes. And I think you know I'm not going to beat this drum hard again, but every time we talk, we talk about manufacturing background pedigree, forty three years yeah. machining as, as a as a uh, something that we've always done. The firearms is well, I say new, but it's coming up on 10 years, which is pretty cool. But the the pedigree of machining, it's just not going to go away. Yeah. It's not that anybody's perfect. There are always challenges in manufacturing. It's not easy, but good systems and good procedures and great people, a lot of equipment, et cetera, come down to a pretty robust process. No guarantees on 100% of everything, but it is a really good system. Yeah. And I think we have enough pedigree in that manufacturing that quite honestly, that's everything that we make, whether it's a comp, whether it's a 1022 fire, whether it's an ar10 mm-hmm. it, it it just doesn't matter uh you'll you'll see that between barry you know my brother that this is this is just part of our dna yeah and and you're just going to see
0: that through all the products right right and you know with that in mind talking about just the the manufacturing and the technology that goes into it i mean we've added so much to the floor this year and and more you know coming uh, as we continue to expand uh not just expand on product line but expand to meet and exceed the demands of of our customer base and our and our dealers you know when uh you started uh this portion of the business or this business ten years ago, i mean for those who are maybe just kind of interested in the machining aspect i mean what have you seen both businesses you know uh as far as like new technology in this last 10 years and and the machines and things and capabilities that we have you know based on those technological advancements
1: you know there there's two areas to that probably to that answer one is what's available and one is what can you take advantage of or yeah. what is applicable and you can afford or you have time to digest because you can't buy a piece of software or you can't buy a machine or you can't buy a gauge you can't buy an, one element to actually convert your business okay i think that it takes all fronts to make a difference so when we look at a couple of things first of all technology and development it's it's on a parabolic curve it's it's not a linear curve at all and it's very similar to your phones or your technology that you see every day so manufacturing is being affected by that uh, MES software Spend the loop feedback, tool load monitoring, course automation, not just robots, but automation, gauging improvements, Bluetooth gauges, so pens go down, operators have less time to record quality data, how you record the data, what you do with it, how you judge your capabilities, how you control your processes, how fast that data is available to people, all this stuff, this is the really, there could be. whole discussion on this and it's it's not that any of those things i mentioned are new or that we developed here sure matter of fact none of them we developed here but there's a couple things you have to do to be able to deploy or utilize these type of things number one you have to have the bandwidth to accept it Mm -hmm. and uh i always joke if i buy if i write a book it'll be called bailing the boat or fixing the leak yeah right so we can run around with a lot of paper until six o'clock at night and say we had a long day and we did a lot of work with sweat on our brow. And oftentimes it doesn't allow enough bandwidth to deploy a technology that would allow us not to be so burdened with some of these activities. So anybody could look at a robot and say, yeah, if a robot loads apart, part, the operator has more time. Mm-hmm. That, that's true, that's, it's, it's even a, a pillar, a cornerstone of this type of mentality in this manufacturing uh, of the, Factory of the future is what we call Mm -hmm. factory for the future is kind of a term, 4.0. So when you deploy these technologies, it takes time, it takes money, it takes bandwidth. And at the end of the day, you never, ever, 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 never, never, ever (sighs) get away from people, right? right? People are always the core of the activity. The question is, how many highly qualified people can you get to scale the business and to grow it like you'd like and still maintain your quality? And what you utilize, all those things I mentioned for is to get the most out of the people you have. And it allows you to value your teammates more than you would if it was a cattle call of bodies doing a lot of manual labor that was minimal value add to the core product. Right. Because you have to pay for it, but it's not really, it's not really making a difference in your product. So I know that's probably a stupid, long, boring, dumb answer, but quite honestly, factory for the future is something that is becoming very near and dear to our hearts right now. And- Right now I'd say we're a really, really pretty good company. I, I walk in, I'm really proud of what they've accomplished here. This this business is is neat in so many ways. But I think to lead to run the company or to 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 be that entrepreneur, for my brother and I to be managing and 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 trying to run this business, we have to be looking at three and five years. Yeah, Because the changes we're talking about, whether software, mechanical, CapEx, people, personal culture, right? Big, big component of that. All those changes take time. Right. And you cannot buy that, open it up in a box, plug it in and say, I have culture. I now have efficiency. I have lean manufacturing. I have single part, part flow. It doesn't work that way. Even when you buy equipment, you have to learn how to do it, to staff it, to tool it, to check it, to maintain it. So I think right now, what we have to do is say, it's a great time at Christmas to be grateful and look back on the year or years. And in this case, maybe coming up on 10 and say, thank you, God, for the blessings, period. We we, we couldn't ask for more and 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 we're very grateful. But there's also the responsibility of tomorrow and on. Right. And, I, and I think, you know, as we really, really are grateful for the past, we have to be very anxious for the future. And I think if we were to be scored a B plus or an A today, however you look at it, That'd be great. We, we we could say, great. We could put our feet up and say, we're a good company. But the problem is in a year or two or three from now, that A won't be an A anymore. Right. That A is going to be a B, then it's going to go to a C and it's going to go to a D. And I think as a company, we have to have our mindset on the future. We have to have a, an exact picture of what it needs to look like in a one, three, five year future plans. And all those things I mentioned garbled up need to be deployed to one level or another. and Quite honestly, the business's success will be invested to create more success. And I mean success in product satisfaction, product quality, proliferation of products, and all the creativity and innovation we talked about. So all of these things are meant to continue to build a a company that has sustainability and scalability. It has to be scalable. People say all the time, we love your products, but you're out of stock, you're this or that. Well, two years ago, you know, Barry worked incredibly hard and the team really led a, a, a heck of a challenge to get this facility up to speed add on to it bringing a lot of equipment. i don't even know how many machines we bought here in the last year yeah, now. it's amazing it's several it's yeah. a lot it's a lot but all that aside that's still not what we need to do for the next one to five years and now that those i'll say heavy lifting those particular rocks have been managed yeah i mean we're sitting in the building we see it it's it's beautiful all the lights are in the parking lots everything that had to be dealt with is done so all those peripheral things are done let's call it a foundation Mm -hmm. now that the foundation is done we'll apply that energy we'll apply that effort to exactly what we talked about which is to sustain this company over the future demands right and that's efficiency it's quality it's scalability it's to create an employer preference so we can attract and retain the best employees on our team member our team members you cannot you cannot outbuy that you cannot replace that right so what you want to do is you want to encourage it and you want to grow and foster that that teamwork and you want your people all these folks here will lead into, and they'll be a huge part of the, of the solution when we're talking about implementing technology. So factory for the future and what this company will, hopefully God willing, as mm-hmm. it has been in the past, it, it will continue to be dynamic and it needs to lead. It needs right. to be out front. It needs to not watch, it needs to not follow. It needs to lead and it needs to take the things that we talked about, we know about, quite honestly, we have access to, and uh, we need to culturally accept it and we need to lead these changes so long-winded answer but this is really important to be good so we can sit here five years from now and look back on the last five or 15 and go wow look what we've done in the last five it even outpaced the first ten
0: right and i think that's uh, a big important thing to note that we you know we did do like like you were saying kind of building those foundational pieces for this next 10 years if you will you know we did that all through uh 2020 and even part of 2021 when you know demand was so high you know with with everything that was going on in the world and still is going on and some of that stuff you're you know hopefully starting to see Uh, You know, a little more inventory come back onto the website. You know, we were able to have uh, you know some fun uh, Black Friday things, some fun Cyber Monday things, uh, stuff for Christmas to get you guys your your products underneath the Christmas tree, but. Throughout all of this, too, we also wanted to stay true to our dealer network, make sure that they were getting taken care of and and not cutting them off and and doing those sorts of things so i think we 're starting to see the the fruits of those decisions you know the, the fruit of that labor absolutely and uh, and and're we're, we're, you know I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we feel incredibly fortunate uh, that that you want us to be part of your yeah. fellowship of firearms i mean it''s it 's uh, it's an amazing thing when we get to Uh, go and meet with people or if, uh, you know, the sales guys go to a range day or we go to a trade show and we see some people in person or we have people out to the facility just to hear them talk about You know what the brand you know means to them or how they first found us or what it's done for them whether it's competitive shooting or just plinking in the backyard you know i think it's been uh as those those product proliferations as you were saying expanded more people kind of joined in this in this fellowship uh the you know the better it gets just the richer it gets yeah
1: one of the things that's frustrating is when we see a comment that says hey why don't you guys focus on these products get more of these things I take it two ways. Number one, it's very flattering. They want it, right? That's the number one thing. And so that's really good. The frustrating side of it is I wish I could talk to each one of them individually and explain to them all the efforts we put in that we are putting in. Some of them take time to have the results, the quantity or to fulfill the orders or to be available on the website. And, And I wish I could talk to each one of them because I think when we do have a chance to talk to people who raise that concern, it's. I think I think it's very comforting They go, oh, okay, I understand you guys really are working towards us. Right. The worst thing in the world I would ever want as a customer to think that we weren't taking something serious or listening to their needs and saying, you know, we don't care. We're leaving at three o'clock today. We're not going to buy a new machine. We're not going to invest. In, we're not going to do that. We just don't care. That'd yeah. be the absolute worst thing we could ever have. So it's frustrating because we can't get to every person and kind of share with them all the things we've done that they haven't seen yet. So the proof is in the pudding and people are saying, hey, look, that sounds great. When do you get the parts? And, and to your point, it's starting to happen again. And I know that some of the steps they're doing now are going to have another step up. So production will increase. And I think that uh, you're going to see more stuff in stock. So it, it just takes a lag before the effort sees the results. Yeah. yeah. But I, just, I, I would never want anybody to think we didn't take it serious or we didn't listen to those things. We didn't watch them. It kind of breaks your heart. You want to explain to them, hey, we are on this. We are. We do care. Yeah. Right. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're super glad that you care, that you want it. Right? Yeah. If you had indifference to us, be the worst thing in the world. So I just wish we could have answered people better individually or given better explanations to what our efforts were. Yeah, I think they've been good. It can always be better. We could have done more. Always could have. But I don't think we dogged it. I don't think we laid back. I think we we're leaning forward. I think we we're aggressive, and we certainly are committed to the company so that we can grow it. And that, that's been evident. Hopefully,
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, uh, throughout the show today, if you're just listening in the in the car or while you're running errands, uh, you know, feel free to stop back over and check out the video because we are going to be playing uh, as bob and i are talking some of the trailers and things and some shop floor footage and, and things like that and we have uh coming out next season uh from the folks at gun talk media well bob bob's gonna be on tv uh, for that uh for their cable show. Remember them coming yeah. in and interviewing you yeah, that was cool. that's coming out soon. Oh, so awesome. that'll that'll be out soon. So make sure uh, you keep your eyes peeled on the uh, sportsman channel uh, and well, also on the me, after, the, app-
1: after that comes out can we renegotiate my rates for these
0: podcasts <laughs> yes. I mean if you should see his rider. honestly it's getting out of control. I, I, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to talk about this. <laughs> uh, yeah we'll have to get him a different coffee mug. It'll it'll be all good. But Actually I'm not complaining. I got a new hat. You got a new hat I got today. a new hat
1: fears like NASCAR. Yeah. Like, I gotta
0: be on my Coke hat. Facts fire himself Com slash or could get a bob hat. so
1: they wrote this off the marketing <laughs> and I got to keep it so you know I, I'm not complaining this is this is yeah, this is good it's good stuff
0: good, I got some swag <laughs> good stuff but yeah <laughs> but make sure you do uh, go check out the website faxfirearms.com slash blog click on episode 62 for the show notes today uh, again if you're listening into the in the car just on audio make sure you check out the video version as well to see some of the clips uh, from some of the product trailers as well as stuff on the floor and if you are going to be out at SHOT Show. Uh, make sure you come see us. Uh, we are, well, this is the, I think one of the biggest booths we've ever been in. This is, uh, is. yeah, we're, we we have quite, quite a lineup. I think we are displaying more product than ever before. So, in in some of the uh, new stuff that's going to be coming out next year that we can't talk about yet. Can't talk uh, about again, Very, very secret. Uh, but I think you'll all be very excited to see it. So, uh, and we'll have a, a link to uh, the SHOT Show page where you can find our booth if you're going to be out there. So, make sure you check out on that. Um, can we end with a story? I'd love to end with this. It's a story. hunting season. Do we have any
1: film left in the camera? Oh yeah. Are we yeah. okay? SD cards are great. All yeah. right, good. <laughs> I like that. We're burning daylight We're boys. burning them. All right. My boy and I went hunting here mm-hmm. for hunting season. And we had a friend of ours who had a really good sized farm, a lot of deer on it. We'd never hunted there before. So we wanted to go ask and it was opening day. We were out there bright and early and knocked on his door. I said, you wait in the truck and I'll go up and ask him if we can hunt on his property. Yeah. And so when George came to the door, I asked him, I said, George, can we, can we hunt on your property? He said, absolutely. Boys go make yourself at home. Like it's yours. He said, but did you bring your guns? I said, yeah, we have our guns. He said, would you do me a favor? He said, I have had a mule for 12 years. It's been loyal, worked hard every day and it's lame and I have to put it down. He said, but I don't have the heart to do it. He said, would you, before you go hunting, it's right there on the side of the house. Mm -hmm. Would, would you shoot the mule for me? So, I said, absolutely, George, appreciate hunting. So, I went back and my boy was in the truck and he said, what did George say? I said, George told us to get off his property. He said, he's calling the cops and he better not see us hunting on his land. So, I'm, and I'm pulling the gun out the whole time. And he's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, well, if he's not going to let me hunt here, I'm going to shoot his mule. So, I laid the gun across the hood. I put a sight on the mule, pulled the trigger, boom, mule (laughs) drops. Right behind me, I heard bang, bang. Here comes my son running. He said, I got his horse and his dog too. Let's go.
0: The Not e- a true story. The e, e- true Hollywood <laughs> story of the facts that go out I thought you were just <laughs> gonna brag on Robert. I don't know if everybody knows this, but yours on Robert works with me every day. And yeah. uh, he did. You guys did go out, and he went for his first like real deer season. He did. He, he, and he lucked out. out. Uh, he had he had a, a faxon build on him. Uh, absolutely. Took took uh, took down his first buck. He is lucky though, because all the guys around here they're they so funny. He's talking about. He's like, guys, what do you think? Should I should I get this? What should I do for the scent treatment? What should I do for all that? And and everybody's kind of like couching his expectations. You know, like, listen, Robert, you know, this is your first time out. You may not get something. That's okay. Just enjoy the time. Get used to it and all that first day out well you know? and i know he wanted to go home early didn't no, he? well let
1: me let me let me share a little
0: story now this is true
1: all right yeah. I'm, I'm not a hunter i don't have enough time i've got more bullets than time so yeah. when i go out to wait all day and not pull the trigger once it's not a good day for me it better be like a, a bison or something <laughs> out there so I, I like shooting not hunting but anyway i still go with my boy we'll go hunting a friend of ours invited us out in yeah. this great place private and this is this is true and we were in tree stands in the morning and we didn't see but does about three of them and then we got down to the tree stands in the evening when we went back out and we went to a platform. So we're actually in a blind, about 12 by 12 blind, mm-hmm. and had two chairs, 360 field of view, and we had a couple of line of sight. So we're in a 300, 300 yard plus distance. So it was a perfect, perfect place. And... <laughs> another person, they shot a couple other deer. There was several people there yeah. that day. It was a really fun, again, fellowship of firearms, right. Right? right? Chili and a bag of cheese this big, right? It's hunting. And, and I heard, that's the I part heard I like. That about, yes, that's what I like. You eat really well. So anyway, we're, we go back out in the evening. We, when we're up in this field, we got a great line of sight. And we saw eight doe cross a field It was about a 300 yeah. yard. It was exactly 300 yards. There's a bullet. there's a target stop. And these deer were going basically right to left. And the doe were out there and they're meandering. And it was eight of them in about two and a half hours, two hours. And it was about, I don't know, just about 15 minutes before before dusk. And it was still fairly light. And we're up about 25 feet and we got all the gear up there. And my, my son's a little impatient. He goes, you know what? There's not a buck around here. There's not a buck around here. It's all does. There's not a buck around here. I'm getting down before we kill ourselves climbing down this ladder in the dark. I said, Robert sit down. Yeah. I didn't freeze all day yeah. for us to leave at the best time at night to try to catch a buck. Yeah. To shoot one. And so he, he's he's like, <laughs> all right. And he turns and goes, There's a deer. And I said, is a buck. He says, is a buck. I said, is going? He goes, a going yeah and literally within five minutes of me telling him sit down we're not going anywhere yeah. until it's dark because i don't care if you jump out of this thing we're staying until it's dark <laughs> and sure enough a little 200 pound plus 10 point buck yeah and it came across from right to left which i've never shot a deer in my life i'm not yeah. a hunter but and and i only wanted him you know it was it was really for him even though he had two guns obviously because i wouldn't go in the woods without one yeah. especially yeah. when he has
0: one i mean he had
1: the cheese might as well yeah yeah in case there's
0: two right <laughs> yeah, i gotta right. take one down
1: so anyway the deer started coming across and it was windy. It was about a 215 yard shot and we both had 308s we're in Indiana and it wouldn't stop. And it was going to the woods. and It was dark. And I was like, I wasn't positive. Take the shot. Don't take the shot. But we were together so we could talk better than the tree stands, which I, I'm new to this. So I was really enjoying that we were together. Yeah. And I said, wait till it stops. Wait till it stops. Cause I didn't want to take a bad shot. And it was going across to the left and it was maybe 15 yards from the edge and it wasn't stopping, and, yeah. and it was a good-sized deer, and it was about a 215-yard shot. It was just walking slow. It wasn't running, and I said, go ahead and take the shot, and he squeezed the trigger, and that deer just went
0: boom. Yeah,
1: It literally did. I've, I've not shot a deer. This is kind of new for me. Yeah. That deer was like cardboard cutout, knocked over in the wind. It just fell over, and, and, and it never moved. That was it. And his shot was probably within about an inch of where he really needed to put it. And I think it fell over. So, we did not have to chase it through the woods all night. Thank you, God. But that was our first hunting outing. And, and, uh, you know, again, it's kind of personal, I guess, but... When you do talk about fellowship of firearms, it was pretty cool seeing that deer with two of the fax and rifles tucked over the side of it and getting cool pictures. Yeah,
0: and with your son, uh, yeah, for the first time. I mean, that there's nothing a, like it. No, no, and and you know what? And we've we've talked about this on the show. You know, it, you know, like uh, Emily, our marketing coordinator, she does like cowboy action shooting and such, and and shot collegiately, and and you guys going hunting, and all the sales guys always go hunting, and all this sort of stuff. And it's and it's those types of stories. That I think really makes it special. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And I think that, you know it's a great way to end the show because like you said at the beginning what has definitely exceeded the expectations is is the fellowship aspect of it here whether it's the people here in the office and on the shop floor and our customers and our dealers the people who come to visit us um you know they just and i think they can feel that energy when they come visit too this this is a blessing to be able to make a product you can be so proud of and to be so
1: excited about and to be so passionate about yeah a lot of times when you make parts you don't get to get the the feel or the personal involvement with things. You can't get to use them, right? We we make parts in the other business that we never get to experience. So over here, what you make, what you think, what you do, you actually get to get that tactile feedback when you go out and shoot these things. And what's really amazing is, and it's less today, but it's still very much there, to take blocks of metal and bars of steel and to do a machining operation you've been doing forever, put these pieces together and then go to the range and hold a half inch group at a hundred yards of pieces that you made every single one or most of. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. So it's pretty well. Pretty wild. Well, Plus, I'm hoping I get some more guns for Christmas. That's <laughs> <for, laughs> right. No. That's right. Well, uh, again, visit faxfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 62. This will be uh, uh, the end of the season, end of season two for the show. We'll be back in 2022 with some more shows. We'll hopefully have some footage from SHOT Show for you as well. Uh, but make sure you click that like and subscribe button. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And thank you. Yep. Thank you, Bob. I am up the facts and